Coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing podcast. And it's an Alaska holiday of sorts. And it was signed into law by Governor Bill Walker in May of 2016 and established a holiday of Wild Alaskan Salmon Day. Um, And, you know, I I think that's so cool because it really does kind of drive home the fact that salmon are really important to this place. They're not only important for, you know, feeding us, um, but they're culturally important to many people. And they're also, you know, a backbone of a tourism economy and a commercial economy. So they're just really important to this place. That was Margaret Stern taking us into Alaskan Wild Salmon Day, kicking off Alaska Week with an important, massive basin in Alaska. This is The Swing. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how are you doing today? Thanks for stopping by the show. As part of Alaska Week, we're giving away a trip to Alaska. This is your chance to win a big trip to Alaska. Wetflyswing.com slash giveaway right now, and you can win that trip to Alaska and experience everything it has to offer right now. There's also a bunch of gear at that link. So by entering to win the trip, you also enter to win all of the, uh, the fly rods um, and everything else. And you can click that link, wetflyswing.com slash giveaway, and you can find out what exactly this entails. It's pretty huge. Today's episode is sponsored by Jackson Hole Fly Company. They design and manufacture high-quality fly rods, reels, and gear, and they've been doing it for a long time. They've also got over a 1,000 fly patterns. You can get 25% off your first order right now if you go to jhflyco.com slash swing. That's jhflyco.com slash swing, and you can check out that link in the show notes. Uh, if you don't have a chance, if you're on a run, don't have a chance to check it out. We're also sponsored by uh, Country Financial, who thrives on helping families and community members through the power of education and proper insurance coverage. Dalton has been doing a great job over there. He will help you through um, all the events that are coming up. There's there's always something that happens with insurance, whether that's a, a car, a house, a boat, whatever you have, uh, and the unexpected will happen. So it's time to make sure your assets and life are protected. You can check out Dalton right now at wetflyswing.com slash country, C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Margaret Stern takes us into Alaska and into one of the most important groups protecting the Susitna Basin. We discover why road building is a major concern and how they are addressing this issue. Find out what you can do to help assure wild fish are protected and what the super salmon is all about. I've sat on the bank Uh, on the banks of this massive river uh, and floated its tributaries. I've looked at Denali uh, on a clear day, and uh, this is important stuff. So I hope you get a chance to check out this episode and support uh, Margaret and the crew out there. But without further ado, here we go. Margaret Stern from SusitnaRiverCoalition.org. How's it going, Margaret? Hey, Dave. It's going great. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, thanks for uh, setting a little time uh, aside today to dig into um, what sounds like uh, you're up in Alaska. We're going to talk about the uh, organization that you're, you know, working for, working with there, and and I want to dig into that because Alaska is a super hot topic. Everybody, I mean, I love Alaska. A lot of people, it's on a lot of people's bucket list for their number one place destination to go to, and uh, and you got some important stuff. So we're going to dig into uh, the the area. But before we get there, I'm not even sure. Are you into fly fishing or fishing or any of that stuff? So I do fish. I I would not say I'm a great fly fisher person, um, but yeah, I love getting out and fishing for salmon and filling my freezer every year. 
That's right. So you get to fill the freezer. That's the one bonus about being in Alaska. Is that is that ever a challenge, filling up the freezer? Oh, it can be some years, um, just making the time for it. It's always, you know, summer is so short here that you really got to, um, it feels like a mad dash to get everything done. So pre- prepping up for winter can be a challenge, but um, there are lots of opportunities to fill the freezer and lots of opportunities to share with friends. So yeah, normally it's not too much of an issue. Yeah. And describe, so where are you at exactly uh, in up in Alaska? So right now I'm actually in Talkeetna, Alaska, which is a small town in the Susitna Valley. Um, and Talkeetna is perched right where three major rivers meet, the Susitna, the Talkeetna, and the Chulitna. It's a great little town, super small, um, wonderful community, and uh, yeah, good spot. So take us back a little bit. I'm always curious because we've heard, we've had a number of people that live in Alaska and I always hear these stories about people that went up there just for a a short time, you know, a trip, and then they ended up staying up there for like 40 years. How did you end up in Alaska? Yeah. 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 There are a lot of stories like that. Um, I came up similar to what you're saying just for a summer. And as soon as I got here, I just realized, wow, I could spend my entire life um, here exploring and just not even, you know, scratch the surface. Um, so I ended up staying and I've been here almost 10 years. Oh, wow. 10 years. And have you been doing the, the coalition that whole time or were you doing some other stuff? No, I've done a variety of different things up here. Um, I've been with the coalition almost two years. Um, prior to that, I've worked for the state doing, um, some commercial fisheries, salmon work. Um, I've also, uh, worked at hunting camps and, uh, yeah, just a variety mm-hmm. of different things. Oh, wow. There you go. Well, you're, you're definitely in, and I don't know Telkeetna. I haven't been there, but I'm, I, I think I'm going to be getting up there uh, this summer if all goes well. And, uh, and so I'm excited uh, to get up there. So for somebody new, maybe if I was if somebody listening or if I'm heading up there, what is Telkeetna? What, what should I expect before you get there? What, what's that look like? Oh, man, Telkeetna is just this quirky little town. It's a little over 800 people year-round, I believe that's our, our number now, but a small little main street, um, some really nice, you know, shops and restaurants uh, down there that are all all really quirky. It's an end of the road kind of place. So Talkeetna is at the end of a 15 mile road and then it's right on the river and it dead ends in downtown. Um, I, I would really recommend going and checking out the small state airport. There are a ton of really cool bush planes there. Um, they operate going up into Denali National Park and landing on the glaciers and all flying right. around there. But I mean, the river systems are really incredible, and you can, on a clear day, see Denali and the Alaska Range right from the end of Main Street. No kidding. What is it? It's uh, it's the tallest mountain in North America, right? 22,000 feet? Is that what it is? Uh, correct. I, w- I don't know the exact um, height, but yeah, it's the highest mountain in uh, North America, and it rises straight up from this river plain. So when you're seeing it, you, you just, yeah, really, really yeah. tall, crazy sight. Gosh, that's right. So yeah, so Telkeetna would be, and actually that's the funny thing, I've probably, I didn't even realize it, but yeah, I drove one time quite a while ago, drove from Anchorage up to uh, Fairbanks. Oh, wow. Is Telkeetna on that highway? Is it on the same highway? Yeah, so it is on the highway. There's something called the Telkeetna Spur Road. And so as you go up the Parks Highway, you'll take a you'll take a turn onto the Spur Road, drive 15 miles, and then you'll dead end it in town. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I, yeah. I didn't actually make it there. But yeah, no, it's Denali, so you have that. Um, so well, let's dig into the... Um, you know, Susitna, it's, well, the coalition. So talk about that. Take us there. What is the, you know, it's, you mentioned a few rivers. Is the watershed that you cover, talk about that a little bit first. Take us there. Yeah, of course. So the Susitna watershed, it actually drains the fourth largest area in the state of Alaska, and it's the 15th largest river in uh, America. 
It uh, drains an area larger than West Virginia and runs 300 miles from the glacial headwaters way up in the Alaska Range and goes through the Matsu Valley and ends in Cook Inlet. And most of Alaskans live within this watershed um, near close to its banks. Oh, wow. Like Anchorage. Is Anchorage part of that? Uh, it's right off to the side of it. So, yeah, at Cook Inlet, you can see the mouth of the Susitna in some places in Anchorage right out in Cook Inlet. Gotcha. So is the Cook Inlet, the inlet right there, just uh, right there at Anchorage? Correct. Yeah, that's the, the big inlet, right, which goes up into the the uh, Kinnick arm. I'm gonna, the names are going to be <laughs> tough today, but yeah, that's it. That's the Kinnick arm up into Palmer, towards Palmer. Yeah. And so there are a lot of larger tributaries as part of this river. So we have the Talkeetna and the Tulitna, the Yentna and the Deshkar, are the big ones that folks might have heard about. Um, but it Around this watershed, it's the fastest growing area in the state, and most Alaskans, like I said, live near it. That's it. So as far as what you do, I mean, talk about that. We I mentioned this before we got on air, a couple of the big uh, kind of issues that you're working on there. Describe some of those. What are the big things you're working on right now? Well, so we the Susitna River Coalition formed initially as the Coalition for Susitna Dam Alternatives, um, and, and it formed as a response to the huge Susitna-Watana Hydro Project, which was going to be upstream of Talkeetna on the Susitna River um, and was going to be a massive hydro project, bigger than the Hoover Dam. And so as that project has kind of gone to the wayside and, and successfully, for the time being, been um, quelled, even though the conversation comes up around it a whole lot, the coalition has kind of shifted its focus to look at all issues that might have the potential to affect the watershed and affect the integrity of the ecosystems and the livelihoods that the river provides. So for example, we now uh, do a lot of work around renewable energy, um, more responsible ecological renewable energy. We focus on salmon habitat and education. We focus on um, other big development projects. So for example, right now we're doing a lot of work surrounding the West Susitna Industrial Access Corridor or the West Susitna Access Road, which is a 100 mile um, industrial mi- proposed industrial mining road that would go into the Alaska Range and cross uh, the Western Susitna drainage. Wow. It's amazing some of these things you hear about because when you're down lower 48, you know, what was the, I mean, the Bristol Bay thing, right? I mean, that was, that was probably one of the big things you heard a lot about, but I mean, there, it sounds like there's all sorts of um, industrial activities that um, it's just, is it kind of just a constant barrage? Like, you know, you turn around, there's a new one coming at you every, every month. Yeah. So I think there's just a lot going on. And particularly with this area, there's a lot of different development projects that are being proposed in that Western drainage. And I feel like there's been a lot of conversation around Pebble Mine, of course, is a huge issue. Huge salmon run will be affected by that, potentially affected. And then the Tongass, but, you know, right here in the Western Susitna Valley, we have projects that could affect uh, the habitat right outside our door. That's it. So, I mean, and it's always hard to, you know, as we're listening here, people are listening, getting a feel for what's going on. I mean, let's just start right there on what people could do. So if somebody is listening now, you're in a, you know, you're up in Alaska in a small town there, but what would you say, just so we don't miss that, what is the action if somebody's listening, they want to help, you know, they, they love Alaska, they maybe been up there and they want to make sure that salmon runs and, and steelhead runs continue, what, what would you tell them they could do? Right. Currently, I would say that what they can do is really get the conversation going. I think the most important thing about this project is that the the knowledge of it is just starting to really take off. You know, we've been doing a lot of outreach with uh, different organizations over the past few years, and, and most people you talk to um, haven't heard about it yet, and that can be pretty discouraging. 
Um, but uh, recognize that the, the conversation is just getting started and has really taken off. So I think just spreading the word that this project is even a possibility um, yeah. or, or is a possibility that because not too many people know about it. Another thing you can do is definitely get on our website, SusitinRiverCoalition.org, um, and educate yourself on the project. And a lot of the organizations that are fighting this um, rely on small donors uh, to help support our work. So that's another thing. You know, we're small grassroots organizations and, you know, individual donor support is huge. That's huge. That's it. So those, that's a big one. So getting some folks to donate and then just spread the word. And I can imagine, you know, we've been talking to uh, Patagonia and Coast and some other great companies out there and, you know, trying to do just that, right? Like how do we help groups like yourself get the word out there? And that's probably a good way, right, to connect to some of those networks and and share it out. And this will get out to quite a few people as well on this podcast. And I think this is going to be the start, right, for us of how we can help uh, you guys do, you know, get the word out. And then, um, so, and then you have the, you know, obviously funding. Well, what does that look like for funding? So you have this project, the dam project. It sounds like that this massive project. I mean, how do you, how do you stop? How did that stop? Why did that not go through? Um, that, Susitnawatana Hydro Project, there were um, many different organizations that were involved in that fight definitely spearheaded by Susitna River Coalition and or the Coalition for Susitna Dam Alternatives, as it was called back then. Um, but there was a lot of education around it um, and a lot of, of conversation surrounding what, what the dam would do to the river system. And I think one of the most interesting things that I learned coming into the coalition is that um, the dam would hold backwater, right? And one of the biggest things about these big glacial rivers in northern latitudes is that they freeze up. And that freeze up and break up of the rivers is really a dynamic um, river shaping or, or two very dynamic river shaping events. And uh, the water would be let out of the dam during the wintertime when the river would normally be frozen and it would prevent that river from freeze up. And so it would really yeah. dramatically affect the habitat of the side channels, uh, the vegetation, um, all the things that kind of make the river the river. So it would dramatically yep. alter that. Wow. Wow. That's, and that's something I hadn't thought about. I always think of dams. Obviously, they change the, the dynamics of the stream. Dams are rare. I can't think of an example where they were good for the habitat, right? Because it's usually not the case. But this is even different because now you've got the freezing and other types of you know, ecological um, the geomorphology, right? That's based on a specific type of habitat up there. So, exactly. Also, it was in the end, it was a lot of pressure from the public based on the education of our organization and a few others, um, and a limited budget. And the the project was shelved by Governor Walker. There you go. So, and that's a big part of the piece, right? The public, just the public, kind of coming out, right? And that's the thing. And I think the Bristol Bay was part of that. You had a lot of people signing petitions and and showing up and. And I think folks were like, wow, this is not going to be good for politics. So let's just shut it down. Um, right. But it could pop up again. Uh, yeah, it could pop up again. So, for example, there was a bill introduced in the legislature this year um, talking about renewable energy and ways to bring Alaska or to increase renewables in Alaska into the future. And there were six proposed routes for this um, for that uh, renewable goal to be reached, and Susit Watana was one of them. So, you know, it, it's one of those projects that a lot of money has been invested into it, and it seems kind of like a, like a, it gets brought up a lot in conversation, um, and it still is on the table in some ways, uh, or could pop up at any time. And so we're always still monitoring that. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Fishhound Expeditions, who does Alaskan remote wilderness trips for that massive trip uh, for many of us, that trip of a lifetime. On these trips, and I can uh, speak from this personally, you're going to be floating down the river. You're going to be checking out Alaska, the whitewater, the river trip, the campfires, uh, the northern lights, and of course, the fish. The rainbow trout are powerful and massive, and you probably will not uh, ever experience uh, a rainbow trout like what they have up in Alaska. We caught some huge fish while we were up there. Adam and his crew, uh, Cam, Will, and the group, they've been doing a good job over there. They knocked us away with uh, each evening and morning, great breakfast, uh, just got on the water. They did everything. This is uh, had great tents, comfortable cots, uh, drinks, food. It was all covered. You can check out Fishhound right now by going to wetflyswing.com slash fishhound, F-I-S-H-H-O-U-N-D. And when you go there, you will support this podcast and you'll support Adam and the crew at Fishhound in one shot. Okay, back to the show. And did you mention the um, the Susitna um, Access Road, the, the West Susitna Access Road? Yeah, the West Susitna Access Road is another big project that we are focusing on right now. And that would be a 100-mile mining access road through the currently totally roadless area west of the Susitna River. And it would consist of over 100, or 156 stream crossings. Some of them would get culverts, some of them wouldn't. And it's, est- it's um, estimated to cost about $450 million, but you know, construction projects typically go over budget. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So this is just access, like you said before, it's access to get in and do more mining and just more industrial type of uh, activities in the state. Correct. And it's spearheaded by an organization called ADA, the Alaska Industrial Development and Export Authority. Um, And they are a state agency that was created in the 1960s. Um, And they are comprised of a non-elected board that maintains the capacity to provide large amounts of money uh, large amounts of state money to development and drive large-scale projects. And they have very little public oversight, input, or accountability, with, and they have a really bad track record of dead-end projects. Wow. The other thing about the Alaska is, like, we're talking about fishing. I mean, I'm going to be coming up there for fishing. I mean, the resource for fishing and that type of thing is what it's a big part of what Alaska is. But you also have this, this strong industrial complex going on. And how do you think they look at that when the industrial, like you said, this group, I mean, they've got to realize that, that the benefits of having clean, natural areas and, and, and without salmon, right, without salmon returning to Alaska, they probably, you know, it's not the same state. What do you think somebody like that thinks about, you know, what they're doing? Yeah, I, I mean, that that's a really interesting question. And I think, I think what this kind of goes back to is the West Susitna area, you know, it's, it's easily, pretty easily accessible to a lot of people in the state. And even because of that, you know, not all the streams have been cataloged or, or explored for anadromous fish. You know, like this area is very close, but not a ton is still known about it. You know, it's, it's a huge area. And so I think one of the issues that we come up against is, okay, there's this project and you want to push it through, but we also don't, we, we don't necessarily, you're not doing the due diligence to really know the effects yet. And so that, that's a huge that's a huge issue. Yeah. So you just don't know. That's the thing, even though, I mean, the people that are proposing these projects, like this road, this 150 mile road access. 100 mile. 
100 miles, yeah, they don't have the data that shows the total impacts of what they're going to be doing. They literally are, I guess, just see it as kind of uh, more money than, and they maybe see the short term. They don't see the long term effects of what this could do to the salmon populations. Right. Or, or wildlife populations or ways of life or important cultural sites. Yeah, that's right. Well, how do you get, and again, this is kind of, I know, like a, a deeper question, but how do you, like folks like that on, on that side, how do you connect with them, right? How, how do you, is there a way to connect with them or does this get to a point where it's more like lawsuits and things like that are the better way, route to go? You know, I think we'll kind of see what that turns into, but we've been doing a lot of outreach about this project, again, educating the public and asking them to reach out to their official, elected officials and let them know that mm-hmm. this isn't a project that they want. And so far, it has really not been a supported project. Um, the Matsu Borough was tasked with doing outreach for the project, and it was shown that the vast majority of folks did not want this project to go through. Um, and then there's kind of a conversation about whether the road would be public or private. At this point, um, the cost estimates indicate that it would be a private road. And so people are really mad about that aspect. Mm, um, yep. And yeah, just keep on reaching out to officials. Um, yeah, the public. Yeah, I, I think, it, yeah, the public, I mean, as we saw with Sue Sitna with Tana, like the public input does have an impact and it's a, it's a long haul, you know, anytime a public comment period comes up, put a comment in, you know, get those yeah. on the record. Like this is all important and it all adds up and it shows that this project yeah. is unwanted. So the, I know they open up the public comments when there's uh, something going on. Is there a way like right now, uh, you know, a way that people can comment on something or is it more you have to wait till there's one of these big projects being, uh, you know, implemented or proposed? So currently you, I mean, you could always write to your Alaskan elected officials. Um, this project is predominantly on state land. Um, and however, uh, the 404 wetland permitting application has been submitted to the Army Corps. And in the future, there will be opportunities to com- provide comment on this project. That's it. So somebody could even do that too, right? I mean, even though there's not a permit out, they could call you know, the Army Corps or whoever and say, hey, we're interested in this project. I just want to find out more or, you know, I want to write a con. You know, I'm sure there's ways to do that, right? Even if it's not open, just to talk to somebody. That's probably a way just to get, you know, let people know. And like you said, or, or talk to your uh, elected officials, just say, hey, we're, we're not in favor of this. And, you know, what are you doing about it, right? Right. Another great thing is we, we really keep our community um, up to date on all the comment periods, everything that's going on. And I think the best way right now will be to get on our email list you know, we send blasts oh, every every time that there is a comment period or something that folks should be um, looped into. And so I think at that point, that's probably the best way to kind of know when when your voice really um, is going to be making a difference. And we're in touch with a lot of other organizations that are doing the same thing. Um, but we have a, you know, a, bro- a broad base that is, is really active and we'd love for folks to get on our list and yeah. Perfect. So that's it. So the list, I love that you said the email list. So right now that's an easy thing people can do. Jump on your list if they're interested, then you'll update them kind of uh, when definitely when big things arise, you'll be letting people know through an email. Yes, yes, definitely. And we send out pretty regular emails with, you know, just information about stuff that's going on in the watershed. We do a lot of educational events. That's another big part of what we do. And so during the winter, we have an online speaker series and have all kinds of people come talk. So last year we had uh, a scientist come talk about Pacific lamprey in the watershed. And that was amazing. And we've also had archaeologists come and talk about important cultural sites in the watershed. So, you know, anything that's related to our watershed, we want to educate folks about it. And I'm we're going to have another good lineup for this winter. 
Perfect. So this wind is, and this starts in the uh, kind of like after the fall? Yeah, we'll, we'll start it up again in October. And so information about that also goes out um, through our email blasts. Um, and yeah, just different information about whatever's going on in the watershed that people should be kept, kept up to date on. I'm excited. I'm excited about that. This is going to be good. I, I'm not on your list yet, so I'm going to get on there. And uh, Oh, great. Yeah, please. I want to keep up with it. So, so here's another one. I know some of these questions are, you know, definitely maybe ones you weren't thinking about, but I, I think about this stuff a little bit. And, you know, like I mentioned Patagonia, we had an episode with Patagonia recently and uh, we talked, we had a full episode. It was all conservation. And uh, I wasn't planning that, but it just turned into that because Patagonia is such a strong brand for, you know, that's what their, you know, their mission is to um, save our home planet now. So, you know, it's a big focus, but uh, Yvonne Chouinard is, you know, the guy, the founder who's there. If if you were sitting down with him and he was asking you like, okay, what can we do as Patagonia? We've got this big, you know, uh, our focus is saving our planet. What What would you tell him if he asked you like, how can we help you? I, you know, I always go back to education, education, like again, talking about these projects, making sure folks know about them. And that's mm-hmm. probably, yeah, that's the biggest thing at this point, at least for this project yep. in this watershed just getting the word out, telling the story. I mean, I think that's probably it. Like, I don't know the story, but having you on here as a start, like we're understanding, oh, wow, actually they're building dams. I mean, you know what I mean? Like not everybody knows that. Why would you need, why do you even need a dam in Alaska? Right. Um, that's would be one question, I guess. Um, what, what, why is that? Why are they building the dam? Is that just for like flood control or is that more something else? Yeah. So the Susanoatana Dam was proposed because um, it would provide potentially provide energy to uh, Alaskans along the rail belt. And I think there's kind of this false idea of clean power with a hydro project like this, when in reality, it's not that ecologically responsible, but the optics of it creating a great deal of quote unquote renewable energy. That's it. It's basically that what they're doing is you know, and they're good at it. There's a lot of money behind these big industrial projects, right? They're paying the picture like, hey, this is a renewable project. We get great clean energy. It's hydro. But what they're missing, what they're not educating people on is the fact that, hey, did you know this is going to affect all the habitat downstream and potentially fish runs? And maybe we might even lose entire, you know, uh, cohorts or populations of fish. That's what they're not telling the story. And and they, and I'll bet you they don't actually have the the data or science to um, back anything up or even know at this point. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that for right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing on that one. But uh, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the point here is, is not that we have to know every in and out of this thing. The, the point is that if somebody wants to learn more and they love Alaska and they want to protect it, would be to start off by, you know, connecting with you through the email, you know, talking to you, whatever they need to do. And so they can keep up on any of these issues. And then when this comes out and you, and you send out an email and says, hey, they're trying to get this dam going again, people can actually reach out, speak up, and then hopefully uh, keep it from happening. Correct. Thank you. Today's episode is sponsored by Fairflies, who was founded with the idea of finding ethical solutions to fly tying materials and products. They have done just that by creating jobs for marginalized people and groups uh, around the U.S. and abroad. Their 5D brushes make fly tying fast and enjoyable for all skill levels. If you haven't checked out uh, their fly uh, brushes or the fly fur, you got to check this out. We've had a couple of episodes now where we've had people talk about Fairflies uh, products. Uh, and including Jeff, who talked about how he came to create this product and what it's all about. But essentially, the fly fur is super durable, um, and it's just it's a fly that uh, we're going to talk a little more about that as we go. 
They also uh, own Wasatch Custom Angling Tools. These are super nice heirloom quality fly tying tools. So if you want something that takes you that extra mile or that extra step, gives you that extra um, quality when you're tying your flies, you got to check out Wasatch. They've got over 50 tools and something for every fly tire. You can support Fairflies right now by going to wetflyswing.com slash fairflies, F-A-I-R-F-L-I-E-S. And you'll support this podcast at the same time. Okay, back to the show. I mean, there's so many uh, questions I have about that because I, and it might be good for me just to get up there first and then come back to you and say, hey, okay, I've been up there. Now I see what this place is like and talk a little more about it. But give us a little summary on, so you talked about the dam, you talked about the road. As you look ahead, say the next year or two, five years, do you see what's coming? I mean, how do you plan? Do you just kind of wait until somebody hits you with like, oh, there's this new industrial mine being created? Or how, how, do, you, how do you look at that? You know, we, we follow, we have an incredibly active board. You know, we're a small organization. There are three employees. And then we have a very active board that, you know, does a lot of work. Um, you know, an un- unpaid board that does a lot of work. And um, we're just constantly attending meetings. And looking at, you know, at different organizational meetings and just following what's potentially beyond the horizon. And, you know, at this point, we are really following the West Houston Access Road. Um, we're looking at um, different infrastructure, other infrastructure projects that could be on the horizon. And the other pro- thing that we have been looking at um, is the Susitna Basin Recreation Rivers Management Plan, which is up for revision. Mm. And so that management plan is a really important tool for stewardship. So, you know, looking at the horizon, we're just constantly um, monitoring what's going on in the state, talking with other organizations, having our board and staff, you know, just kind of always on the pulse of what could potentially be coming up. Yeah, they know what's going on. Yeah. And again, we're really looking at what could be done at the borough level, what's happening at the state level. Um, and, you know, over the next few years, we're just always watching for Susit and Watana. You never know when it's going to pop back up again, even yeah. if, it's, you know, if it's mentioned, we're always right. looking for it because that is the crux of our, you know, yeah. that's why we began. And that is our main focus. And we will always return to that if that pops back up. Right, and right. then we are looking at, um, you know, the long game for this West Susit Access Road, which, you know, it's, it's a big project. It's going to be a long fight. That's it. So you got a couple of big fights ahead of you and. And I'm sure there'll be other little things that pop up along the way. Uh, tell us about a couple of, and I'm not sure other groups, you know, I know Trout Unlimited has been up there. They're more, a little more national. Are there other uh, groups, small, large, that are conservation minded up, you know, in your area or in Alaska? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some in Alaska, but Sioux City River Coalition is pretty unique. And actually we're the only local environmental and conservation nonprofit um, in the Sioux City Valley which is really unique. But we work with a lot of other amazing nonprofits and organizations uh, to help with our mission. Um, so we work with, uh, yeah, we, we are in contact with Trout Unlimited, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, you know, uh, Salmon oh, yeah. State, Wild Salmon Center. There are a lot of really wonderful folks that all right. are all involved in, in the watershed and the Alaska scene. Yep, there you go. And part of that probably funding-wise, I mean, to do your work, are you always constantly working on uh, getting funding to do things or how, how does that look? Is that always a struggle on the funding? You know, I, I am not uh, the person that handles all the funding, um, but we are involved with, yeah, constantly writing grants, constantly reaching out to our membership. You know, this stuff, it, it does take money and, you know, we, we love what we do and it's, 
you know, we'd probably be doing a lot of this, you know, with our own time regardless, uh, because we love the place and we love, we love the, the wild spaces and the experiences that it provides. Um, but yeah, it's always, you know, always, always looking, always applying and in conversation. Yeah. What would you tell somebody that's down in the, uh, you know, down in like Florida right now that's listening and maybe they have no plan to ever go up to Alaska or, you know what I mean? Or they're not super interested. Do you tell them anything like, um, you know, or is that just not part of the the group that you're worried about reaching out to? Is it more you're really focused locally in your area in that part of Alaska? You know, we're very locally focused, but I mean, this place, if you sit in a watershed is, you know, it's remarkable. It's a gem. And, you know, I think, I think just the fact that it's out there is important and, you know, provides, provides a space in the imagination of other of folks that might not ever get to experience it. And that being said, it's, it's an also a somewhat accessible place. You know, you can, you can step off the end of main street here in Talkeetna and go fishing and, oh, wow. you know, get a sand, pull a salmon up. And so right. I think that, you know, it, parts of it are very remote, but parts of it are very accessible and there's a lot of magic in that. Yeah. Or there just kind of normal, like, well, not normal, but like moose, bears just kind of cruising around town? Um, you know, there are definitely moose around town. Every once in a while, there's like a Talkeetna Facebook group and you'll hear, there's a bear on, you know, this street. Watch yeah. out. Um, yeah. But there's definitely wildlife all over the place. Coming in here this morning, I saw, you know, a little fox on the road. Oh, cool. Last night, I was up and, you know, saw a few moose and a couple bears from the air. And, you know, it's just, it, it, it is a wild space. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Alaska. What's the, um, uh, we're going to get out of here pretty quick, but I, I saw another thing on the Wild Salmon Day. What's, uh, what do you have going there? Yeah, so Alaska Wild Salmon Day um, was yesterday, it was um, on August 10th. Oh, wow, and I just missed it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's an Alaska holiday of sorts, and it was signed by, into law by Governor Bill Walker in May of 2016 and established a holiday of Wild Alaskan Salmon Day. Um, and you know, I, I think that's so cool because it really does kind of drive home the fact that salmon are really important to this place. They're not only important for, you know, feeding us, um, but they're culturally important to many people. And they're also, you know, a backbone of a tourism economy and a commercial economy. So they're just really important to this place. Yeah. And one of those species uh, that you hear a lot, especially now is like the Chinook, you know, salmon, um, you know, you always think of Alaska as this unlimited resource, right? And, and, but you've heard some things about Chinook maybe not doing as well, right? Some runs, do you, do you hear about that? Some of the ups and downs of some of these populations where they're actually, you know, um, they're having some problems. Yeah. You know, you do hear about that. I, I think, um, they're one of the species that has, um, it has been struggling in certain places. But I do want to touch on that idea that you mentioned that, you know, we think of Alaska as this limitless place. And I think yeah. that's kind of a, a hard thing to think about um, because I feel like, you know, people thought that about the West in general and it's, yeah. it's just not that way. You know, it's no. a place, all these places need to be stewarded and responsibly taken care of. And, and sure, like, you know, development is going to happen, but it should happen responsibly and it should happen um, in a yeah. calculated way. And we should learn the lessons. Um, yeah. that we've learned elsewhere, for example, with, with dams, like, you mm-hmm. know, in other places they're tearing dams down and why would, why would you ever want to build one in this paradise? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the take home messages. I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. The, the westward expansion, um, you know, it's kind of, you look at it now, there's a lot of problems, you know, down in the lower 48 out there and, and you're up in Alaska, which is that one last remote place. 
that is starting to see some issues around runs and it makes you wonder. But that's why it's so important having, you know, you out there doing the work on the ground because if you weren't out there battling the dam, it, it'd probably be up right now. And, and you know, if you guys weren't there, there's a good chance it'd probably be, there'd be a dam there right now. It, I mean, is well, that kind of how you see it? Yeah, but I also, you know, I really believe that the people that are out there experiencing these places or that want to come to these places, I mean, they're, they're a huge part of this. Um, and so, you know, having passionate anglers out there that, you know, want, want a place where they can go fishing that is wild and remote, but close enough that they can, you know, access it in a 20 minute flight. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's really important too. So just having the voices of these anglers is really important. Right. Everybody on the, on the side there. Well, this is, this is good. I, I think we've kind of had a little summary here of, of what you have going. I know we've probably missed a few things uh, today, but, uh, you know, in the next uh, kind of year, I think you probably mentioned that you're going to be focused on that access road and making sure, you know, the dam doesn't pop back up. Um, anything else you want to highlight before we get out of here? Yeah. The other thing that I would like to talk about um, is the Susitna Basin Recreation Rivers Management Plan. Oh, yeah. So we've been working a lot on the Susitna Basin Recreation Rivers Management Plan, doing a lot of education around that. Um, it is a management plan that was established in 1991 and manages high-use watershed or high-use waterways in our watershed. And those waterways include the Little Susitna, the Deshka, the Talkeetna River, Lake Creek, the Talachulitna, and Alexander Creek. And um, the plan is up for revision right now. It's a really robust and and important tool to steward these high-use waterways that are great fishing areas. Um, you know, I think uh, you might have had someone on a couple weeks ago with Fishhound that does a lot of work out. Um, yeah. On some, yeah, yeah, who is, I think it was Adam, and he's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so these waterways are, um, their management plan is up for revision, so that's something else that we're focusing on and making sure that uh, we preserve uh, the good management that has been in place for the past you know, since 1991. So that's something else that we're focused on, really interfacing with the public to make sure that uh, the management plan remains in place and that if anything changes, it's, uh, you know, becomes a little bit more robust and is what, what people want. Yeah, that's it. So it's this management plan and, and it, it'll get updated and then maybe you can add some some more protections, you know, moving forward. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and you're right, Adam was, and I actually, he's, Adam's the one that gave me the heads up because I kind of occasionally reach out and say, hey, you know, give me a heads up on conservation groups that we can focus on because we don't have enough time to do, you know, a ton of these episodes. But when I hear from people, you know, that say, hey, yeah, this is one you should check out, then we try to do it. And that's that's how this came to be. So, um, so and yeah, this is this is good. I think that uh, I think today we, we have a good summary. Uh, we can send everybody out to the Susitna River Coalition or uh, SusitnaRiverCoalition.org, right? Correct. Yeah. Please visit us. Please send us an email. And if there's any, if anybody ever has any questions or um, wants more information, I'm happy, always happy to have a conversation. And, and, you know, when people have questions, that brings up a lot of things for us as well. You know, something, mm -hmm. if people have questions about a project, that's good for, for us to know um, what people's concerns are and always, always happy to hear from folks and chat with folks. And um, hopefully some of y'all can, get out into the watershed and go fishing. Yeah, I think they are. There's already a few people heading up there. And I think um, this is probably, we're going to send some people your way to connect with you, maybe get on your email list and uh, and we'll do our best, you know, moving forward to keep the word up and, and help protect uh, Alaska and, and your part of the, the world. So thanks for taking the time today. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Really grateful to get to come on here and, and share a little bit about the Susan River Coalition's work. So there you go. Wetflyswing.com slash 376. 376 will get you some of the links and show notes we talked about today. I'll give you a chance to support the Susitna River Coalition or just find out some information about what they have going. If you've ever thought about going up to Alaska or feel that uh, protecting Alaska is important, this is your chance to uh, have an impact. Right now, if you've listened to this whole thing, then I'm sure you're interested in this. And uh, you can head over there and support Margaret, find out what they have going. And, uh, and if you're heading up there, you can get involved and connect with them. Quick reminder uh, before we get out of here, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and this is uh, a great way to show your support for breast cancer awareness. Uh, we had an episode of Casting for Recovery on recently. You could check out that episode, and you can go to wetflyswing.com slash pink, P-I-N-K, to get a chance to support breast cancer awareness, but also to get some fly tying tools, brushes, and a chance to win a local guided trip uh, at that link. We'd love to hear from you. If you get a chance, uh, you can send me an email, dave at wetflyswing.com. If you've been listening here for a while and haven't checked in with me or it's been a little while, you can do that. Also on social media, Instagram, uh, if you get a chance, you can DM me and let me know. I'd love to hear from you if you've been enjoying some of these episodes. If you have a conservation uh, message you'd like to get out there or an issue or group, would love that. And if you have a topic or guest, um, definitely, if I hear from people directly, those are always uh, back top of the list on who we're putting together. All these episodes now are coming from listeners of this podcast, which is you. So if you're a listener and you want me to tee something up, uh, maybe even an old episode, an old topic, I am more than willing to do that uh, by hearing from you. Okay, we also have one huge trip going on right now. This is Alaska Week, and of course, we are giving away a trip up to Alaska um, and this is with Fishhound Expeditions. They're going to be giving away a trip up to this area. This is Sitna. It's not going to be on this river, but it's on a tributary of this river. And you are, are going to get a chance, if you win this, to experience Alaska in all its glory. Wetflyswing.com slash giveaway is the best chance right now. If you're listening to this right now, wetflyswing.com slash giveaway for a chance to win a trip to Alaska and a bunch of gear, including fly rods, um, I can't even go into it all, but if you go to that giveaway page right now, you'll find out what it's all about. I'd love to connect with you on a trip, maybe this Alaska trip, uh, maybe another trip coming up, or I uh, would definitely love to connect with you online if you get a chance. And, uh, and I'm going to let you get out of here. hope you are having a good morning. hope you have a great afternoon. I hope you have a wonderful evening uh, wherever you are in the world. And uh, thanks for the support. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.